pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have all of you uh, with us here this morning. How many of you are here uh, today because you heard I jumped on the altar last week and you wanted to see if I'd do it again? Just a couple of people, all right, yeah. That's why I'm sitting down today, to prevent myself from doing that uh, one more time. Uh, I did it at 9.30 last week, so if you were at 11, you're like, what happened? Um, you can still see my boot print up there. Uh, <clears throat> David is going to try it um, in a few weeks in the sanctuary. Uh, not really, he can't jump that high. Uh, we are here to talk about today joy, not really joy, that'd be kind of funny if we walked right into that after this pain thing. I was like, I was thinking, what would be the worst thing to go into after that whole experience? Talk about joy. Um, wouldn't be bad, but we're talking about spiritual warfare today. I'm beating around the bush because it's going to start to freak some of you out when I start talking. Because today we're going to talk about some weird, freaky stuff that never gets talked about in churches, at least our church. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about the devil. We're going to talk about demons. And we're going to talk about angels. Over the next three weeks, those are the things that we'll be talking about. Supernatural, freaky, weird, sci-fi channel stuff. Like a haunting. There's a TV show called A Haunting now on Sci-Fi Network, I think. I've never seen it, but that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about. And there's a reason why. One, this isn't my area of expertise. This ain't my wheelhouse, as some people would say. You know, the pastors, we all have different kind of areas. I'm kind of the, I like to think of myself as the funny pastor. Um, You know, David's the really smart pastor. Dinah's the pastor who cares about people. Uh, Donna is, this is her. Donna is our spiritual pastor. You know, the rest of us, if there's a question, somebody comes up to us about spiritual things, about demons or angels or anything like that, we're like, you need to go talk to Donna. Um, Because I, no, I don't know. Um, in fact, somebody came up to me recently, a friend of mine, and asked me a question about this. She was struggling with something, and I, and I had to look at her and say, you know what, I really don't know what to say. I, I really, this is not something I look at a lot because it kind of weirds me out. This is not something that I delve into a whole lot because it kind of, you know, gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. And so I just pass people off to Donna. So here's Donna's number. And then as we were planning on what we were doing, I was like, you know what? Maybe I do need to talk about this. Because even though it weirds me out, I know it exists. I know that there are things in this world that I don't understand. There are things that happen in this world that are beyond my comprehension. We just did a series on it. Miracles. We did a series on the miracles of Jesus Christ. And those are, by definition, things that happen outside of the physical realm. There are things that happen without our understanding that we can't understand. But, you know, we live in a Greek world that wants to do everything in the mind. We want to know how things work. We want to explain everything. We want a book or a TV show or a documentary to tell us exactly how it happened, why it happened, and when it's going to happen again. But sometimes we don't have all those answers. There's a lot of spiritual forces out there. There is supernatural things that occur in this world. And that's what we're going to talk about. See, the thing with churches is sometimes it gets overemphasized. The spiritual stuff gets overemphasized and everything is explained by spiritual forces. If something bad happens, it's because a demon was involved. If something great happens, it's because an angel was helping or God was involved in some way. You know, Dad, I'm sorry I failed that test, but a demon was filling in the wrong answers as I was doing the test. Well, I'm sorry I ran into you, ma'am, in the parking lot, but, you know, a demon took control of my car at the moment and slammed me into you. Well, no. 
sometimes you just didn't study enough or sometimes you weren't paying attention. Sometimes stuff happens in the world and there aren't forces behind it, but there are times when there are. The other extreme that churches go to, which is what we have been for the, in New Heights anyway, is we underemphasize it. We don't want to talk about it. We just kind of want to ignore it. Things go on and la, 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 la. We don't listen. We don't hear. We don't want to know because it kind of freaks us out. And so we run away from it and we don't want to talk about it. And we want to say, you know what, Donna, you deal with that stuff. And anytime anything like this comes up, I'm going to send people to you and I'm going to stay away from it because it kind of weirds me out and I'm comfortable just being funny. Thank you. You rock, Will. But I think maybe we need to confront it because it does exist. I'm going to go through a lot of scripture today. I'm going to throw a lot out there. Some of them I'm going to read quickly. Others of them I'm going to. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to encourage you to open them up. Um, but the first one I'm going to go to is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is talking here to the people of Corinth and he says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We live in the world, but we are not fighting the same battle that the world is. We are in a different one entirely. We don't bring armies and cannons and missiles and guns to the fight that we are in. Because the fight we are in is much bigger than the world. The fight we are in goes deeper than what we can see with our own eyes. Let me take a little further in Ephesians chapter 6. You got your Bibles open up to Ephesians chapter 6. And, and you might know this a lot of you. This is the armor of God prayer that a lot of people I know pray it before they get out of bed in the morning. They, they go through the armor of God prayer to, to get ready for the day and then they set foot on the ground and go, okay, bring it on. Um, but this is the, the armor of God stuff. And, and Paul is talking and he takes it a little further than he does in, in Corinthians there. A final word, he says, be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. We're not fighting against anyone we can see or touch. We are fighting against something much darker and much more powerful. You know, you may have a horrible boss and you call him the boss from heck and he's just the worst guy in the world or she is and you just can't stand her. You're not fighting against her or him. You may have an addiction problem to alcohol. It's not alcohol that you are fighting against. It's not pornography that you're fighting against. It's not lust. It's not MTV. It's not cable. It's not those things. It's something darker and much more powerful that exists. Sure, those can be some of the uses, so those can be some of the ways that this, this battle occurs, but that's not where it really lies. If we say that's all there is, we're, we're underestimating the power of the dark side, if you will. We're underestimating the power of the devil. Because there is a spiritual realm that exists that we can't see. See, that's the first thing you've got to get your mind around is that there are things that occur in this world, there are things that go on in this world that you cannot see with your own eyes. There are things that happen and occur that you can't see. Have you ever had a moment where the hair just stood up on the back of your neck? You were like, you were somewhere and something was going on, and then all of a sudden you just kind of get this feeling. 
or maybe you get the goosebumps or some of you get a little something in the pit of your stomach and you just know that there's something else going on that you can't explain. There are things that go on in this world that you've got, you've got to get your mind around this in order to move forward in this. There are things that happen in this world that we can't see. Second Kings. There's a great story here in Second Kings. If you've got your Bibles, uh, go to Second Kings. I am at Second uh, Kings chapter, chapter 6. And this is just after the floating axe incident has occurred that we talked about a few weeks ago where the axe said, where Elisha goes, well, let's pray for it to float. And he goes, boop, pops up. So Elisha, is just a, he's an amazing prophet. And, and what's happening kind of here in my own Michael Crocker translation nutshell is that, uh, you know, this army is wanting to attack God's people. And every time that he gets information about where God's people are, he sends out a report. But Elisha intercepts it through his prophetic means. He tells God's people they're prepared and ready. And this is driving this guy nuts. This is driving the king of Aram nuts. And he's like, we've got to deal with Elisha. So he finds out where he is, and he sends an army after him in chapter 6, uh, verse 14. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to re- surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. Ah, oh, my Lord, what will we do now? He cried out to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened his servant's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. See, the guy couldn't see it at first until Elisha said, God, let him see. And as soon as he prays that, he looks up and he sees the angels and the armies of God surrounding him, sent to protect God's prophet. It'd be amazing If we prayed that and all of our eyes were open to see the amount of angels and armies of God that are sent to protect us. I believe that, I don't know, you know, I believe a lot of weird things, but I believe that my daughter can see him. She's a special girl. Y'all know if you've been here for any length of time. And I believe when she's looking at somebody and she smiles and no one's around, that she sees something there they surround us and protect us god has sent them we're going to talk about them in a few weeks but they're there you need to realize that there are things that occur in this world that we can't see the second thing you need to realize is this that your prayer your prayers are much more powerful than you realize your prayers are much more powerful than you realize i don't know if any of you have ever done this you've prayed for something and then it didn't happen. Anybody ever done that? You prayed for something and it didn't happen? Yeah, if you're not raising your hand, you're lying. Every one of us has at a time prayed for something and it didn't happen. I mean, when you're a kid, I used to pray for snow days all the time. Please, Lord, let there be a snow day, you know? I didn't always live in South Texas. I mean, that'd be a miracle right there in South Texas. But, you know, I lived in other places where it was a possibility. You know, and you pray for a snow day. It didn't happen. I had to go to school and I had to take the test that the devil made me fail. You know, there are all, all times in our lives there are things. There's trivial things like that, and then there's bigger, deeper things. God, heal my father. God, move into this person's life, my son's life, and remove the addiction. God, heal my daughter. 
Your prayers are much more powerful than you realize. You may not always get an answer when you think. You may not always get the answer that you want. But listen to this in, in the book of Daniel. Daniel's a little bit further in the Old Testament if you got it. Um, past Psalms and Proverbs. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said, this is an angel. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. From the very moment you prayed, God heard. From the moment, Daniel, you got on your knees and humbled yourself and said, God. He said, what? He heard. God heard from the very moment that you prayed, it says right there, that God heard. But listen to what happens. He says, I have come to answer your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. See, God answered your prayer immediately. But for 21 days, I was in a battle with evil. Then, this is my favorite part of this, Michael, one of the archangels, bam, that's right. What time is it? Oh, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, still struggling in a battle of good and evil. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. God answered his prayer immediately. But there are other forces in the world that were acting, that were preventing that from coming to Daniel, preventing that prophetic message from coming. Your prayers are powerful. Every time you talk to God, he listens. Now look, I'm not going to say that that every time you pray, it will be answered. Sometimes, as Garth Brooks tells us, sometimes he just answers by not answering. Is anybody singing the song in their head right now? Yeah, I am. <laughs> wow, I'm so gone now. I have 12 minutes and my mind's gone. Um, but, but that's the thing. Is, is Sometimes God doesn't answer in the way we think. Sometimes God takes a little bit longer. But your prayers are heard. I talk about grace in here a lot, and you've experienced the pain and the struggle that we have gone through. This, uh, it's the first service when we started singing that song um, by the, the guy from Lufkin. I can't think of his name right now, but the Let It Be song. Um, I, I just, I couldn't sing it because that's been our life for two and a half years. Just let it be, God. Whatever glory you want from the situation, let it be. If you can use my tears, and I've shed a lot up here, and y'all suffered through it. (laughs) You've been my therapists. Thank you. Let it be. One of the prayers that we've prayed a lot for my daughter is that her seizures would stop. She has a seizure disorder that's undiagnosed. They have no idea what's happening. And from the time she was seven months old, she was having seizures, and it got to a pretty bad level. It got to a pretty bad level that I had in my possession syringes that I was to apply to stop it, to just completely knock her out, to knock her brain functions out so that she would stop seizing. 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 There you go. And I had to use it once. We went through horrendous times with that, scary times. I I likened it to like a time bomb, just waiting for her to go off. We just hit the year mark of her not having a seizure. 
few weeks ago, we, we took her off of one of the medicines that she's on. We've tried all kinds of different medical cocktails to, to get these under control. And basically what a seizure medicine does is it kills your brain activity so that you have no personality. So you just get into a drug coma, but you're not seizing. Problem is you're not developing either. You're not learning about the world. You're not functioning in the world. Our prayer's been to get off of these, to take them away so that she can come out of her shell. So I said a few weeks ago we took her off of one of them. And we just had an EEG last week, and we got the results on Friday, and it was normal. Prayers are answered. Prayers are answered. And and listen, I, I give all praise to God. All praise to God for doing that. It wasn't when we wanted the answer. I wanted the seizure after the first one to stop and to never come back. But maybe there was a time. That God needed to send a message through our tears and through our pain and through our suffering. And then, it's like now it's time. Prayers are powerful. There may be in the depths of your darkness when you're experiencing that pain and suffering that Daryl was talking about. When you don't think God hears, but God hears. God listens and God loves and cares for you. Prayer is powerful. Those two things you need to know. Things happen in this world that you can't see. But your prayers are powerful. Now, who are we fighting against? The devil. We're fighting against the devil. And there are things, five things I want you to know about him in eight minutes. That ain't going to happen. One, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, it says this. The God of this age, Satan, the God with the little g of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. You know what he wants more than anything? To keep you away from Jesus Christ. There are some of you in here in this room right now who do not know Jesus Christ on a personal relationship way. You haven't given your life to him. Some of you who don't believe in Jesus, maybe don't believe in God and you're just here because a friend asked you, it's Mother's Day and your mother drags you to church. Father's Day, you're all out on the golf course. Mother's Day, you're all here. But the devil wants to turn your mind away from this and he wants to blind you so he's going to fill you up with different things and he's going to take your mind down different little uh, rabbit trails and as i'm speaking right now you're going that guy is six foot two and he's got away like 230 and he's up there bawling his eyes out and you're thinking about something else or or whatever it is your mind has gone somewhere else because the devil wants to blind you to the truth of jesus christ First thing he does, second thing he does is this. He steals God's word from you. Matthew 13, Jesus is speaking. He says this. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. There may be a time when you're in here and God is speaking to you and you're like, I get it. And that's when the devil comes in and says, no, you don't. You don't understand. Look at the world around you. And he tries to snatch it away. He tries to blind you. He tries to steal God's word from you. The third thing is this. He sets a trap to ensnare you. He will set traps to trip you up. Those of us who are believers, those of us who aren't, all of us have those things in our lives that are temptations. Those things, as we're walking on our path, that the devil will set before us because he knows. He knows that's where we're weak. Maybe it's alcohol. And you decided, you know what, I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to put that alcohol aside. And I'm no longer going to live that party lifestyle that I've been doing. Then all of a sudden your friend Jimmy calls. 
hey, dude, there's a kegger over at Bobby's house. You can't turn Jimmy down. Or maybe it's debt. Debt has been keeping you. You know God is just telling you to give to the church and I want to be more powerful in my ministry. And, and I've got to give to the church. And, and so I need to get out of debt so that I can do that more freely. But then you get the Bass Pro Shop Spring Flyer. You got to go get that new rod. Whatever it is, there are things in our life that we know are those temptations. And the devil knows it too. And so he sets those things in front of us. And 2 Timothy 2, 26 says this. And that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Why does he set traps in front of us? So that we do his will. Not the will of God. So that we fall off the path of the righteous and we start following his path. Devil's smart. He is not a stupid enemy. He sets traps for us. He fights to stop us. If God gives you a vision, I am going to make my marriage stronger. God has told me my marriage is the most important thing in my life right now. So I'm going to make it stronger. He'll put temptation in front of him. He will fight you. You go home and you're like, honey, we are going to make our marriage stronger. And she says, how come you didn't do the dishes? And you get into World War III. The devil will fight to stop you when God sends you on a path. Daryl talked about the Q conference last year at the Q conference. Another group of us went to Atlanta to this Q conference and we got the vision for the foundry, the coffee shop. We still haven't opened yet. Time and time again, we have hit a wall. The city has said no. The city has said no. The plumbers have taken forever. <laughs> time and time again, because the devil knows good things will happen there for the kingdom. And he tries to stop us and he fights us. His ultimate plan, this is the fifth thing, his ultimate plan for you is destruction. He longs for nothing else than for you to be destroyed. In 1 Peter chapter 5, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's waiting for the weakest one of us to fall a little back from the pack and jump on us. He's waiting for us to be a little tempted and to start going down that path. And he's like, I'm moving in now. His ultimate goal is destruction for us. So what do you do about all of this? What do you do about all of this? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Finish off what Paul's saying here. Verse 13. Use every piece of God's armor and to resist the enemy in the time of evil, so that after the battle you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. The armor of God. How do you fight the devil? With the armor of God. With the power of the Holy Spirit. You take the word of God as your weapon and your sword. You put up the shield. You put on the helmet, the belt, the shoes, the breastplate, and you move into the battle. Knowing that you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory because the victory has already been won. 
See, that's the thing. The war is over. We're still in some battles, but the war is over. Jesus Christ has ensured the victory. So when we go into battle, we know that while we may be knocked down from time to time, that one day we will rise again. That one day we will rise again because the blood of Jesus Christ has given us the power of eternal life. Now listen, here's the, here's the funny thing about this. Not the funny thing, the cool thing about this. What are you wearing on your back? Nothing. Talks about your hat, talks about your shoes, talks about your chest, your shield, your sword, your belt, so your pants don't fall down. What are you wearing on your back? Nothing. Why? Because I got your back. Because Philip has your back. Because Candace, because Pat, because Stacy, because John, because all of us in here. What does it say at the end of it? Pray for each other. Be persistent in your prayers for the saints. Anybody ever seen the movie 300 in here? Okay, at the very end of it, okay, I'm not recommending it because it's very bloody and gory, but it's a good movie. At the very end of it, what they do, how do they fight? They stand back to back because that is where their strength will come from. They get in a circle and they stand back to back and they tell all of the people around them, bring it because together we are stronger. There is stuff going on in this world that we can't see, that we can't understand, that we can't explain. There are battles going on in this world. Whether you agree with me or not, they are happening. They are happening to you. The question is, how are you going to deal with them? Are you going to fight for victory or are you going to fight from victory? Are you going to fight because you know that Jesus Christ has already won? And are you going to turn to your brother and sister in Christ and say, I will be with you. When you fall, I will be there to pick you up. And you know what? I expect the same. So when I come into this room and I am broken and we sing a song like Let It Be and you have the courage to sit down, I'm going to come beside you and say, you know what? I have no idea what you're going through and I don't even need to know. Just know I'm here. No, I love you. I care for you because you're a child of God. And together we will win because he has. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being a God of power and might, for being the majestic God that you are. Lord, we pray that you would help all of us to find the courage and strength to fight the battles. Lord, that we would have the discipline to put on the armor of God and to know you and to be in a personal relationship with you that when we go into this world that is fighting against us, we will be strengthened by your presence. We will be strengthened by our brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, help us to know that through you, we have already won. In the name of Jesus, amen.